The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. Now to an Irish business that's been on the go for 90 years. On this month in 1933, Francis J. O'Rourke established a clothing manufacturing business that has survived slumps and stagnations, as well as downturns and depressions. Four generations later, it's still in the family. And I'm joined this morning by the CEO of Fashion House, Colm O'Rourke, and his daughter, Alva, who's the retail operations manager and buyer. Good morning to you both. Good morning. morning. How are you? Good morning, Thank you so much for coming in to us. Before we talk about the present, let's go back to 1930 when your grandfather established the company, Colm. He was a fabric agent making regular trips to Italy to buy fabrics. That all sounds very exotic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he's not here to tell me lots of more, lots more tales that I'd love to know now in hindsight. But uh, yeah, back in um, 1932, the, the company was formed on 2nd of October 1932. So it's nice we're here in the actual month of the 90th year. Uh, celebrating it, uh, but um, he was um, uh, he worked he trained with a, a, an Irish wholesale company called Ferrier Pollock, uh, which is was actually based in Paris to, Paris Court Townhouse Centre. So that was a wholesale operation back in the day. Uh, he left them and went out on his own as a, as a fabric agent. So he was selling Italian fabrics to Irish manufacturing businesses. So there was quite a big clothing industry of manufacturers in in Ireland at the time. Uh, and in 1932, Dev, Dev the De Valera government had a falling out with the British government over ports because the English government still had access to the ports and the Irish government didn't want that to exist anymore. So he created an, what's called an economic war. So he, I think he imposed up to 40% import tariffs on all imports from the UK. That meant all of the Irish fact- factories who were now dependent on um, UK fabrics coming in to make their clothes were, were basically uh, facing massive um, cost rises. So my grandfather was in the perfect place at the right time with his Italian fabrics. So He, he had joined, the Italian connection. He had the Italian connections and he had beautiful fabrics. Uh, and now the Italian fabrics are going to be cheaper than the English ones because uh, the, of, the, of, the, of the import taxes. So he formed a joint venture with a manufacturer he did quite a bit of business with called Joe Taff. And uh, the company was called Taffin O'Rourke for the first 30, 40 years. So Taffin O'Rourke was born, I suppose, out of, I call it a kind of reverse Brexit because in a way Ireland was thrown into a kind of a, they had to suddenly become very self-reliant. Uh, but out of that sort of adversity, uh, a new business idea was sown. And uh, anyway, 90 years later, we're here We're here to tell the tale, thank God. And was that the beginning of what is now Fashion House? Yes, it, it was the formation of the company. Um, the, the, the O'Rourke family bought out the Taft family in the 1950s. So, so we became, so we've kind of been through a few names, but we, we basically call ourselves Fashion House today because we have a few umbrellas. Uh, we're still a manufacturer with our Perusi label. So that's an Irish designed label but but um, with using Italian fabrics still so 90 years later we're still using the Italian fabrics designed in Ireland produced in Italy and we sell that all over the world mainly Ireland and England are big markets but we're also selling into Canada 
Um, Switzerland is a great market for us and we've recently expanded into Australia and New Zealand. Did your father and grandfather have to travel around Ireland to show their wares to buyers and to shopkeepers? They did. I I remember my dad telling, like my dad would, well, my dad telling me about his father, my granddad. Uh, Unfortunately, by the time I joined the business, my my granddad had passed and so on. But um, but, um, it was back in the day in the 30s and 40s, it was when the travelling salesmen came to the towns, they were treated like royal because they stayed in the good hotels, they took their took rooms to present their wares, and uh, you know you get the you'd probably get a rag trade week where the, all the all the clothing reps would come. You get a hardware week where the hardware guys would come, but it was a big thing for the towns, and obviously all the the traders in the towns would you know have private appointments. People dressed up for the occasion to go for the appointments. Uh, it was very formal, and it was Mr. O'Rourke and Miss So-and-so or, or Mrs. So-and-so. So, uh, yeah, and, and they, they, some of the hotels even had private dining rooms for travellers, separate from their main dining room. So it was quite a, there was a, nearly an industry around travelling salesmen. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Is this business in your DNA? Were you reared on it? It's well. It went, the business went through tough times in the seventies when I was obviously coming to towards leaving school, and then I, I have four sisters. I'm sure they're all tuned in today. Grown in Siobhan, Deirdre, and Breffney. but uh, they, you know, we were. Our mother drilled into us: get get a good education. You know, get a career that's not the business. Because I think she sort of carried carried a lot of my. You know, she was holding my dad's hand. I suppose over the years, no more than my own wife Valerie has been an amazing support to me. But uh, so I became a chartered accountant uh, uh, before I joined the business. I, I was working for, I trained with KPMG and then I, I joined a client. And uh, when I was 30 years of age, I was helping my uncle and, and uh, my father to rec- recruit an accountant. Anyway, they recruited me. <laughs> <laughs> Just and like I, you recruited Alva. What about <laughs> you, Alva, as a child? Did you help out in the business? Yeah, like we would have done like the sample sales back in the day in the old building, um, which was always great fun because to be running under rails. So I kind of started out there, which was a big experience into how women shop, especially sample sales, different type of client. And then I would have worked in the Ladybird stores back in the day as a teenager and then in my early 20s in Choice Boutique. So I started in Sandy Cove. Your first love, though, was science, um, yes. which brought you in a very different dire- direction. Yeah, yeah. Like like similar to Dad had with his mum and granddad um, saying, go and do your own thing. I went and I love science through school, went and did environmental biology in UCD and then environmental law and then went to Australia following my husband and was in the dream job, what I thought, for six months. And I just kind of still something brought me back to retail. And I remember ringing home thinking they'd be like, you're mad. What are you doing? But... No, they said you have to follow your dreams. So then I moved to Melbourne with my husband and was involved in the setup of Brooks Brothers, which is an old kind of American company. And then dad asked me about a year later, would I come home? Um, sadly, we, we lost a member of staff and in our uh, amazing manager in Slorgan store. So I came home and I managed the Slorgan store and been here since. So that's nearly nine years ago now. Wow. Yeah. Colm, you joined the business then in the 1980s uh, yeah. when this country was still in the doldrums, really. Uh, you were 30 at the time. What was the mainstay of the business back then? Um, it, it, we were the sole distributor for Stylemans, so, so we had a factory, but we closed that down. I think one of the one of the reasons we're still here is knowing when to actually get out of something and spot an opportunity, take the risk, and go for it. So back in 1979, they closed the factory. 
Uh, we were doing private label for a, a big German company called Klaus Diamond Group. Um, and Klaus Diamond um, offered us, when we were closing down the business, his brands to, to become their representative. We, we were the sole representative of the Diamond Group brands in Ireland for 40 years. That relationship lasted. And Stylman was a much sought after, very well priced product. Uh, so it was kind of the big change from manufacturing closing down and European imports starting to flood into the Irish market. So to be honest, the, the first um, probably 15 years of my career, we were just riding this wave. It was like just fantastic. It was growth after growth. Uh, we moved property from Middle Abbey Street up to, uh, as it turned out, a property into the middle of Temple Bar. And subsequently, we moved on to Fashion City, which is out on the M50. It, 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 I don't know if everyone knows it, but it's a big purpose built. There's about 45 companies out in Fashion City. So what, we're Ballymount. Sort of, in Ballymount, yeah. So we're all exit 10. We're all surrounded by our competitors out there. But, but I have to say that the, the Accountancy Foundation, like I'm in business with my first cousin, Mark, who's a business partner with me. And, uh, you know, Mark's been fantastic. His skills are much more sales orientated and, and, and front of house and export orientated. And mine are general management. So we're a good balance as a team. And uh, that's been invaluable to us over the years. You know, we really support it. Fashion House opened its first choice boutique in 1986 and there are now nine stores around the country. Alva, you're the operations manager. What does this involve? It's a lot of kind of day-to-day management, making sure our employees are happy. Um, Obviously, as the buyer, you know, every season it's a different brand portfolio. Um, So we really go on what our customer feedback is, how brands are performing. So it's all adapting to that and kind of managing and every day kind of um, promoting our brand and getting our brand identity across the board. So obviously going online in, in 2020 really kind of gave us a great challenge, but it gave us that opportunity to really define what we are about. And we are about kind of creating that unique customer experience in store and virtually online too. And speaking of that, like just like the rest of us, COVID would have come as a shock and what kind of things did you do in the initial period to try to keep the business afloat before going online? Oh, anything and everything. Um, our amazing managers were literally selling from the windows and people would be calling in of what they wanted. So um, again, phones, everyone had their phones. So we were doing live videos in store, obviously a distance from each other. I remember I was heavily pregnant on my first child at the time and I'd be running out of breath trying to explain the clothes. But yeah, we had to just try everything and anything and really we wouldn't have got through it without our customers because the amount of people who did phone in because they saw something in the window and they were just happy with their purchase that way and it was an incredible time but a big struggle but we rallied together, everyone. And yeah. before COVID, Colm, we had the crash in 2008. Mm. How did that affect business? I tell you what, with, uh, we wouldn't be here without the staff. Sorry, employees. I was told that my, my older sons, don't say staff, say employee. I, I mean, t- because we're not, they're not staff, they're, they're a team and, and to be honest, I, I see my staff as being an extended part of the family uh, because the loyalty we've had from them has been incredible. So I, 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 we, we've always, Mark and myself have always had a third party director on our board. And that's been a when you're in a, in a close family business, the, the idea of the two of us having board meetings, there's no point because we meet one another every day. But when you have a third party fly on the wall to give you give you advice and a guy called Dave has been on, at our side for the last couple of years. So, you know, showing empathy to the staff, but also showing your vulnerability and giving open, clear communi- communication. So we had to do two pay cuts, cut our working week, lay off 10 percent of the, the staff. But when you when you when when you explain it and, and see, show that there's potentially a sunrise at the other side, we had incredible support for it from everybody. And, you know, I couldn't thank all our staff enough for that. You know, I still even feel emotional thinking about it. But yeah, the, the last decade. So really when COVID hit us, 
we'd been through kind of such adversity. We said, right, like uh, Alva talked about what choice did. I actually, we got into the manufacturing of, of uh, cotton masks because a lot of people didn't oh, like wearing the fabric ones. So we had a, a great supplier in Greece. So we, we did. We ended up actually riding a wave on, on the mass thing and we, we produced them for about a year and, and you know, wholesale them into chemists and, and you know, other businesses that nothing to do with fashion. So. And also during COVID, your son, Collie, joined the business. He did. He, he's the brains behind the, dig, the, the uh, digital footprint of the business for sure. Yeah, to be honest, our, our, our knowing, not knowing enough about it because I'm an older generation, um, I did throw money at online and digital but we didn't really know what we were doing but when you when you have somebody who he, he trained in college in marketing and uh, digital marketing and in UCD uh, he left quite a good job with a, with a, a cyber security company to join us uh, he approached me I said I'll give you a year and uh, and thankfully three years on he's done a cracking job and hopefully he stays on because it's a big world out there so retaining <laughs> a good expert in, in, in digital strategy but he's done a great job and, and we've recently launched our B2B so B2B would be so we've created a platform for uh, under fashionhouse.com for our own trade customers that can dial into in, and get stock as well. During COVID, Alva, women stepped out of their high heels and business suits into comfy casual wear. So I imagine your stock did likewise. Yes, absolutely. For about two seasons, it was all all brands nearly went into the comfort factor. Um, thankfully, then we saw kind of a resurgence of the dressy and especially dresses, summer dresses. And now it's kind of balanced out. I feel every brand's gone back to their signature and we have a nice diversity of clothing. Still with comfort and in, in there, in factor, in design and the tailoring. Given your environmental background, is sustainability something that's at the forefront of your mind in fashion? Yeah, it would be a passion project for me. So I'm always looking for brands that kind of um, have very good practices in sustainability, but also have lovely sustainable fabrics, um, such as lyocils, ecoveras, organic cottons and linens. So we've been about slow fashion before. It was kind of buzzword anyway in Fashion House. Um, But now it's really the brands that are coming through for Choice Boutique, we especially want to look into them. Yeah. Okay, And what's it like to work with your dad? What's he like as a boss? Oh, it's great. It's a challenge at times, as Collie would say as well. But I think we, the core and the passion is there. Do you know, this industry is a challenge. It's exciting, but it, it can be very hard at times too. Uh, we've had to bring in some family rules of no shop talk at the dinner table, <laughs> um, which my mum would greatly appreciate. Valerie, are you time. listening to that? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 really good. We we do communicate very clearly to each other. So we there, we're there to support each other at the end of the day, which is really important. Are there any clashes? though I get the impressions from you column that you mightn't have embraced the digital world as as much as you, you're probably grateful that you have your, your son and daughter I, involved I, in the I, business. Yeah I've had to just give it the freedom it needs uh, and I th- think this is something too you know I'm third generation Colleen and Alvar fourth generation it's time for me now to make way for them to grow uh, my plan I'm already I just did move to a three day week in, in, in July just gone because I need to create space for them to grow I'll be there mentoring but uh, I need to get out of the way just as my father and my uncle got out of the way for Mark and myself. I think that's really important in a family business. Hanging on too long can be detrimental to the next generation. Colm and Alva O'Rourke of Fashion House, thank you for joining us on the programme this morning.